When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Alex Shapiro. We are estheticians in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and we work with really incredible, diverse, ambitious, and driven women that are killing it in life. And they deserve to be celebrated. So on this podcast, we're going to be sharing their stories with you. Yeah, and then in between those interview episodes, we'll be doing segments where it's just the two of us, maybe some guest stars, and we'll be (laughs) chatting about beauty, life, weird shit about being in your 30s and just learning more about one another because that's what makes us more similar than different. Also, we're a lot of fun and we We have a super multicultural community and we kind of think that you might too. So why not talk all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Hell yes. Um, Also, we'll be answering listener questions. So make sure to write to us at truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. So let's jump into the show. Hi friends. Hi. So we are here (laughs) and Alex. We have another vote special for you kids. It's a little bit late because by the time this comes out, it's going to be a couple days away from election day. And much like our other episode, we were like, well, let's not talk about the national election because can't do shit about that. Yeah. But we had a wonderful guest on today who is a client of Elizabeth's. Well, she's a client of True Beauty. Of True Beauty. Yes. Christina Sturbins. Mm-hmm. And she's an editor at Vice News. Totally. And she was great because she's super, she's very neutral. Yes. And just gave us the facts. 100%. About voter suppression. Yes. About the new Supreme Court justice. Yeah. And so she, Christina, has been covering that. That's been her beat for the last couple of weeks. And so we just brought her on to tell us about the Supreme Court, period. Yeah, learned a lot. Who this bitch Amy is. She's not a bitch. Who this lady Amy is. Excuse me, Miss Barrett. Justice Barrett. We wanted to learn who she was. Yeah. So I think it's a pretty interesting episode. Alex and I get angry millennial, and <laughs> Christina is so wonderful and in true journalistic integrity. I think really just opened up our eyes to seeing the the flip side, right? I would say, well, why is this and this and this? And she's like, well, I would counter and say some other people might feel this and this and this. And it was very important, turns out, because... It just keeps you grounded. It keeps it for me. It was important yeah, to just and it hear keeps you other. Yes, also. totally. To just see like, oh yeah, there's other people who think the same exact thing that I do, but on the other side. Yes, which was really eye opening and interesting, because kids, I'm sick of being at odds with one another. I'm sick of this country yelling at each other. Let's get back to everybody hating the rest of the world. Let's get back to the <laughs> USA being Set. number one. <laughs> 
too funny. You know? Okay, that's not funny, guys. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Unity is really where we need to be, and I think that this was a really great episode for Unity. Yeah, and I think the more that we all try to understand, the more that we learn, the more that we know, the more that we grow, all of it. Totally. And, um, yeah, I hope that you all learn as much as we did. Totally. All right, guys. So enjoy our conversation today with Christina Sturbens, Vice News Editor. Enjoy. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. Welcome. We're here today with our very good friend, Christina Sterbens. Yes. (laughs) Christina is an editor at Vice News and one of our incredible clients. And she's here because we just need some smart babes to talk us through everything that's happening politically. All of the current events. All of the current events, exactly. We, as we said at the beginning of this, when we were talking to Christina, we're here, Alex and I are here to represent you, the listener. So you guys aren't dumb, but we are. (laughs) (laughs) So we're here to play the dumb card so that we can get a good, well-rounded view of everything that's kind of going on. I mean, obviously there's the general election. Fuck that. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Christina is right now covering the Supreme Court nomination. She was actually just confirmed and sworn in. But also, before we go any farther, I just wanted to say, I don't want you to talk about yourself like that. Neither of you guys are dumb. Oh, thank you. And I really want to try to normalize not knowing, because I think there's a lot of people out there, you know, a lot of misinformation, a lot of people who will try to talk about things politically or ideologically, um, and they're coming from more of an ego place rather than a real exchange of ideas and information. So I personally really respect the way that you approach the podcast. And I also hope to God that you're not expecting me to talk about everything that's going on because you would be amazed at the things that I miss. Yeah. Like I'll come into work the next day or something and you know, like somebody will be like, I can't even think of an example. And I'll just be like, how did I not see that? Like I, I just found out that Beyonce had twins. Like, <laughs> like like two Way months ago. Old news, yeah. I don't. I love that. I, you just I you can't. There's yes. so much. There's you not. There's not enough room. Even when yeah. it's your I mean, exactly. I'll leave it. I'll keep track of Beyonce, girl. You don't need to keep track of that. That's okay. fine. I'll keep you filled in every time you come and get your brows. I'll let you know what's going on with the Carters, right. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just let me know what's going on with the general outside world. I will be on like Amy Coney Barrett duty. Yes. You be on Beyonce duty. I got you. I think you are getting the better end of this deal. (laughs) Honestly. But yeah. Well, I stopped, I think I told you this before, I completely stopped watching, listening, reading the news. I kind of have been going through waves since 2016. I mean, pre-2016, it used to be great getting news updates. Do you know, like Supreme Court, decreed um, same-sex marriage across the board. That was a great fucking day. Mm-hmm. Just, like, getting all those Obama updates. That was fantastic. Then, started getting, like, the most depressing. Everything, you, every notification was just, like, and it's even worse, guys. Just when you thought it couldn't get worse, everything's even worse. And at that point, I just had to turn it off because, yeah. I mean, our job really is to be a disconnect from the real world for a lot of people, you know, and I just couldn't. Personally, I couldn't be my best self and do my job properly being down all the goddamn time. Yeah. So I took myself out of 
really the news cycle. And it's been great because this is New York and so you still have an idea of what's going on. I still have like beautiful babes like yourself coming in and telling me everything that's going on. So so that's what I mean by like, I don't know what's going on. Every time I look at the news, so it's be worse hard for and you worse. Because you can't turn off from it. It's been a lot. <laughs> like I think every, you know, mental health provider, therapist in the country right now is telling people to limit their news consumption. Yeah. And I don't, often have that luxury but you know there are mindful ways like I've been a lot better setting boundaries with work and Mm. just making sure like the last time I was in I think I used the word plant soul just like making sure that I'm getting sunshine and water water is yeah important totally (laughs) I feel like the mom at work we have a slack room that we all talk in at work and sometimes I'll just chime in and be like all right everyone like make sure you're hydrating totally (laughs) yeah it's really I think you know, the pandemic and just how intense everything has been politically has really forced people to learn how to take care of themselves better. And I hope that those lessons stay with me and other people, Totally. you know, when things aren't so topsy-turvy. Yeah. yeah. When will that be? When, when, when? when? <laughs> but anyway, so I guess the new Supreme, the Court, new Supreme justice. Court justice. Yeah, yeah I think a, that's huge. Like I said before, I feel like I don't know that much about her. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like when she was first kind of, I was hearing about her, I did look into her, but I was like, ah, she, that's not going to happen. Right. Well, let's talk about so maybe why it's so, why the, not even why the Supreme Court is so important. Like, that's kind of an obvious answer, but like why we're seeing this rush of a confirmation, why this is such a big deal, mm-hmm. like sort of overall for like the cultural zeitgeist and then talk about her ideology maybe, right? To so kind of make more sense of everything. Sure. So I think the best way to approach this is kind of back into it. Over Trump's term, he's been able, she's the third justice that he's been able to nominate. And he's a conservative president, Mm -hmm. so he's obviously nominated conservative justices. Mm -hmm. Now that she's on the court, there's a 6-3 conservative majority. Mm -hmm. And Neil Gorsuch, who was Trump's first nominee, Brett Kavanaugh, who was his second nominee, I'm sure you guys Mm -hmm. remember. And now with Amy, I think they're all in their late 40s to early 50s. Mm -hmm. So Supreme Court positions are lifetime positions. Um, Pretty much the only way you can get off the high court is to relinquish your role or you die. Right. Has anybody ever relinquished their role? Excellent question. I will direct listeners to <laughs> another podcast, okay. which is um, Radio Lab's More Perfect. Oh, mm. yes. Great show. Yes. Yeah. If you guys are really interested in the Supreme Court, their episode is incredible. Also, the, specifically the episode called The Political Thicket. Okay. It was about um, a case. Uh, I think it was a gerrymandering or some kind of voting case. My memory doesn't isn't quite serving me. But it, um, it actually drove one justice like a little bit crazy, mm-hmm. and another justice ended up dying during the case. And it wow. was just like wild. But um, that's beside the point. Yes. I don't know if a justice has ever relinquished their role. Yes. It's probably something that I should know. Well, I mean, we're all going to find out. We're all going to find out, yeah. Going to Google it afterward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so because they're also young and they're conservative, like this court that Trump has essentially set up is going to last for likely decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, Amy Coney Barrett is, well, the Supreme Court as a whole, but with the addition of Amy Coney Barrett, they're about to hear uh, a lot of cases about some pretty big rights for different uh, Americans and things that will just affect the rights of um, everyday Americans. So there's the Supreme Court is going to hear something about the Affordable Care Act, also Mm -hmm. known as Obamacare, Mm -hmm. uh, if 
that you know sets off any alarm bells in your head you're not crazy it's the third time the supreme court has actually heard a case about obamacare and if the justices decide to dismantle it essentially i think 23 million americans are slated to lose coverage mm -hmm. so that's obviously huge yeah um i think a lot of the focus about amy coney barrett has been on her views about abortion mm -hmm. um so she's a devout catholic mm. and was part of an organization called people of praise although she's been pretty tight-lipped i don't actually don't think she said anything public about her membership in that organization i don't think it's a catholic organization but it teaches you how to live and helps you make decisions that align with uh, their religion mm -hmm. and people have been concerned if Amy Coney Barrett will be able to separate of course those viewpoints from her decisions mm -hmm. on the right. court um, yeah. have we ever had a Supreme Court justice that's as conservative religiously like that's so involved in other really religious conservative groups um, not from my memory I don't mm -hmm. think mm, in modern times, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, isn't that the whole thing with America? <laughs> like, separation of church and state, right? supposedly? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but people are free to have their own beliefs. Yes. And, I mean, just like, it, it's similar to journalism, right? Like, right. I personally believe certain things. Right. But I'm capable of writing about topics and covering stories and editing stories from a, a more neutral perspective. Right. So, I don't know if her religiosity is really what people are concerned about. I think it's the fact that she's a part of this organization that reportedly, we don't really know a ton about what goes on in that. It's a very secretive organization. Mm. They've actually scrubbed a lot of information from their website since her nomination mm. because mm. they wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first person to make that association. Yeah. I'm it's so obsessed with cults. No, but it just, I mean... The gateway, if you haven't listened, listen. Yeah, it's a little, um... But it's one of those things where it's like, is it a cult, is it not? And just anything like that that is just so... All-encompassing. Yeah, it just yeah. freaks me out, I guess. And it's not, you're right, it isn't about the religiosity. It's about is how... Is that a word? I think I it's know. a word. I like it. If it's not, it let's should go with it. Yes. I really like it. <laughs> I really like it, Girl, you sold me. I said it perfectly right out of your mouth. <laughs> like, yeah, the religiosity. The religiosity. But if anything is infiltrating your life in that huge of a way and your job is to sort of dictate the way the rest of us are going to live within yep. a society there seems like there's a little bit of an issue with that so what was really interesting to me is um, democrats steered way away from asking questions about her religion during her confirmation hearings mm -hmm. because i don't really think that people know how to talk about this in a way they're very worried about offending people who are of this religion. Mm -hmm. It's a really difficult thing, uh, even for me to talk about. I'm sort of struggling, stumbling yeah, for words right now. Yeah, because you don't offend anybody, and it's yeah. not about offense, but you should be able to talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if it makes yeah. up such a huge part of somebody's life. It shouldn't be offensive for people to ask questions when it involves all of us, yeah. right? It's one thing if you're doing it in your private life, but your private life affects our public life, and so I think totally. that, that should Just be like able to be. like how you said, you know, you have your specific views, but you're capable of yes, reporting of things neutrally. Mm -hmm. I think most people are not capable of that, you know? Mm -hmm. So... And, but a judge should be. She is concerning to me, right? But yeah. I just don't know enough about... I don't know the girl. Right, 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 right. I feel like until this all happened, I had never heard of her. I don't know if that's just me, but I, I didn't know shit about her. Right. So it's just worrisome. 
I mean, I guess I'll just, like, what do you really know about judges, right? And that's the next question is, like, who really knows anything about any of these people? I think a lot slides under the radar, and it's it's meant to be that way, clearly. Right. This year, you're absolutely right. It was a lot of justices that were named, and so before that, it was Anita Hill and uh, Clarence Clarence Thomas, right, Mm -hmm. in the 90s, and we were kids for that, right? But there was a whole big to-do about, like, who's this guy and about his conduct inside and outside of his profession. Yeah, and there were a lot of parallels made when, yeah. during Kavanaugh's confirmation hearing yeah. for right. obvious reasons. Right. Right. they get paid. <laughs> you know what, I said I was wanting to I wanted to normalize not knowing. That's something that I also yeah. don't know, but yeah. we'll Google. I mean, it's such <laughs> a great question. I a never lot even... of money, right? I mean, define a lot. Or is it one of those jobs like being a veterinarian where it's like so much is on your shoulders but you don't get paid nearly as much okay, as you Okay, I love you that do. you compared it to veterinarian, not like the president. Like, but I also think veterinarians But I also think veterinarians make a shit ton of money. I think okay, so what I've heard is that a lot of them don't make as much as we think. A lot of them make like a pretty like compared to like doctors. Yeah. Make a pretty low I mean, job. The president doesn't make very much money. Are you still talking about vets right now? Yeah. doesn't make a lot of money but from what I understand is that's more of like an honorary like you give the the salary back but it's also because like you're a congress like you don't just like me and you don't just come up and start running for president like the people who run for president presidents are never suffering financially I've never heard of any president that I was like once you are president anymore he's living well I mean it turns out our current president is suffering financially (laughs) there's a first time for everything you write about that girl Mm -hmm. but he's fibbing but you're teaching me a lot Okay, um, yes. <laughs> what were we talking think? about? So Veterinarians. Oh, well, <laughs> that reminds me that Amy Coney Barrett needed to be vetted. Yes. Do you see what I did there? Yes, yes. Tell us about Roe v. Wade and its importance with Amy Coney Barrett. So um, Democrats stayed pretty far away from her religious beliefs during yes. her confirmation hearing because I think it's something that a lot of people find hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're allowed to have strong religious convictions, Mm -hmm. but when it comes down to it, it's like, can you separate that from your job or from the decisions that she's going to be have to making as an associate justice of the Supreme Court? But um, what they did ask about was her views on abortion and Roe v. Wade, whether it was decided correctly. um, Roe v. Wade was the landmark case, I think it was 1976, that legalized abortion nationwide. Okay. And conservatives have, and sort of the pro-life movement, have um, been trying to chip away at Roe v. Wade by passing these smaller restrictions that then courts will rule on and say, okay, you're allowed to limit abortion in that way, you're allowed to limit abortion in that way. Or they're absolutely outrageous restrictions or things that are way outside the scope of what's allowed under the decision that will then make its way to the Supreme Court and they mm. know that it's going all the way to the Supreme Court. So this mm-hmm. has been happening over the last, you know, five years or so. We saw it a lot last year when um, Alabama and Georgia passed these heartbeat bills mm. as they're as they're so called. The case that Amy Coney Barrett uh, is the Supreme Court has not decided to take it up yet. They're going to consider the case. Okay. So what happens is 
the Supreme Court decides as a group whether to take up a petition. Mm. So you're a state or an attorney general or an organization or whatever, and you're like, hey, I got this case. I think mm-hmm. you guys should hear it. Right, right. And they all get together and kind of chat about it and say, right. all right, we we do want to, this is a very interesting legal question that has not really been decided. Sometimes they kick things back down to the lower courts. Sometimes they say, we're not going to hear it at all. Mm-hmm. So they're about to hear this case. Um, it's about an abortion restriction out of Mississippi. I think... Again, don't quote me. Numbers are mm-hmm. not my strength. It's either a nine. I think it's a either a nineteen week ban or a fifteen week ban, mm-hmm. um, meaning that you wouldn't be able to get an abortion after that. Right. And I think why this is so problematic for a lot of people uh, on the left and a lot of people who are pro-abortion rights is that um, a lot of women don't know they're pregnant. Exactly. That's what yeah, saying. I was just saying. Three not, months. Like that's yeah. A lot of women don't know they're pregnant. Yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. I think the average amount of time is like six weeks or something. And if like you're that. not planning a pregnancy, it's like how? Why would you even be looking? Why would you even think that that would be the case? There's right? literally like, a show about people who don't know they're pregnant until they're yes. giving birth. That show is terrifying. It's so terrifying. But not even. And to they, they're joke, always having like, babies on their kitchen floors. Oh, it's so weird. It's like, do you feel like you like there's a shit coming on, but instead it yeah. turns out to be a baby? That's what I've heard. But it's just the idea of like this. Literally, there are people who don't know until they're giving birth. So imagine how many women yes. don't know until like four or five months, yes. you know? Yeah. So why people are so freaked out is because in bringing this specific petition, uh, the state of Missouri said, we are going after Roe v. Wade. Right. We are act- We want you to consider this case as part of a larger discussion right. about limiting abortion in the country. Right. So again, the Supreme Court has not decided to take that up yet, mm-hmm. but she's going to be a part of the discussion about whether they decide to. Right. And she's made, you know, no secret um, that she is... She's got like seven kids, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, in and the year 2020. Uh, yeah. That and I didn't know. The, like, the men... She doesn't even believe in the pill, right? It's like, you know... The mm-hmm. Republican men on the Senate Judiciary Committee, which heard her confirmation, mm-hmm. were all about bringing that up. They yeah. were like, so many yeah, of them of mentioned... Oh, and you're a mother of seven. Oh, and you're seven children. God, we actually wrote a story kids, about it at man. work. They just were all about saying that. That's, That's pretty good. I mean, but it's also just so <laughs> ridiculous because bringing up children is so difficult. And to be able to have seven kids in America, you have to, ha- like, even to be middle class, like, you just have to have so much money. And the normalization of that within this woman, I think, is what they're trying to prove. But it's like... This woman has, she's a Supreme Court justice. She has so much money. She has so much help. Right. Like, who's watching these kids? So the fact that right. it's like they're touting this Are wealthy. They trying to make it relatable? Yes, that's, that's what they're trying there? to say is like, look, she's got seven kids and look, she's a Supreme Court justice. That woman has so much help to be able to raise those kids. Like, if that's what you want to do, that's your choice. But to tout that and to flaunt that right. as if to say, look, she can have seven kids. Why should you be able to have an abortion you can still live your life and have all of these kids is absurd. It's like so absurd. We're over here like we afford one child. <laughs> can I abs- afford my two dogs? We were just talking about this. How many times I go to the vet and the bill is six hundred dollars, and I'm like, wait, during what? the pandemic, I had to feed my cat like not as good of food. Honestly, <laughs> I was like, can't afford the expensive shit. Honestly, right now. and that's why they're that's why they but, keep bringing it up. I'm sure these seven kids. Look at these seven kids. Like, who needs a bucket? Like, that's wait, so. I mean, I can't speak to the motive. I know, their I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But this is, is the girl hearing the dog whistle. 
whistle. It, like, it, it, sorry. It, it, it pisses me off. It's absurd. Sorry. It is a part of, like, the pro-life sort of ideology. Well, I feel like this all happened very fast, too. Yes, there's a reason that it happened very fast. Yeah. Right? I'm like, right? very fast. Like, like sorry, the reason that this makes me so angry is because in America, like, yes, America is racist, but even more than racist is America is poorest. Like, if you are poor, then they're coming after you. Like, we don't mm-hmm. like poor people in this country. Like, you can be any color of the rainbow if you've got a million dollars. We may be plus, that way, we don't but we don't shit. like you. Exactly. And so it's very mm-hmm. offensive to me because, like, rich women... Like, this doesn't affect anybody sitting in this room, right? If abortion was illegal tomorrow... We, as, like, middle to upper middle class women would figure out how to get an abortion if we wanted to. Yes. But, this doesn't have but any whatever th- system we would use wouldn't have the same checks and balances. No, but what I'm saying like is, like, the like, main medical yes. process right now. And then what are poor women going to do? Exactly. That's who this is attacking. And that's why I'm so offended is because this has this is 100% against poor women. And that's how the cycle of poverty continues is by not being able to control the rate of your birth, whether by, you know... Using prophylactics or having an abortion, whatever, that is, I believe that that should be your right. And it's just insane, man. It's just, yeah, this 100% to me is like um, just against poor people, period, and poor women. And it's mm-hmm. frustrating as fuck. In all fairness, Amy Coney Barrett did say during her confirmation hearing that she didn't think Roe v. Wade was going anywhere. Okay. Thanks, but girl. Appreciate that. She also Amazing. really didn't say very much about anything else. Yeah. Uh, sort of the main theme of her confirmation hearing was her refusing to give her, her legal thoughts on what a, a lot of people viewed as like pretty straightforward questions. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, she wouldn't say whether or not the president has to agree to a peaceful transition of power mm. and that's just weird Amy but her her reasoning for not answering these yes. relatively straightforward or what some people saw as relatively straightforward questions was because her boss doesn't she <laughs> d- she didn't want to wade into any kind of legal territory mm-hmm. hypothetically she said okay. The case and the specific facts and everything have to be in front of me for me to go one way or the other on this. Okay. But she also refused to say if climate change is real. Yeah. Um, She just had no comment, basically. What did she say? I plead the fifth. She she kind of danced around it. Um, She's actually very good at doing this um, and seemed... She, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna be like, I don't know if you guys watched Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation hearings. I realized that the normal person probably didn't subject themselves I mean, to that. I mean, I saw some of that ridiculous red face spitting. He got. I was gonna, just gonna say he got very emotional. There were mm-hmm. tears at one point, mm-hmm. um, and that was, you know, it's just sometimes it's funny to me that women get branded as the emotional, emotional ones, gender. Right? Uh, Justice Barrett was very composed during her hearing, yes. and you know, even during I think. I would say that Kamala Harris was probably the member of the Senate Judiciary Committee that went toe-to-toe with her sort of the hardest. Mm-hmm. And she was she was very poised. She was eloquent. Um, and she explained why she didn't want to comment on things in a way that I think resonated with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But with some of the other issues like climate change, she would say she believes the climate is changing or that, you know, but wouldn't really come out and say it, which was a really peculiar moment for me because a huge portion of 
you know, the GOP and like even Vice President Mike Pence has said that climate change is real. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, you know, sort of an agreed upon scientific fact. So it, it highlighted to me the fact that she didn't really need to answer questions in order to get confirmed. Yeah. So why would she? Yeah. Like, why would she right. risk, you know, upsetting Trump? Saying the wrong right. thing. Or right. upsetting the American electorate or just, like, ruffling really any feathers mm -hmm. when she didn't have to. Like, right. the Republicans had the votes to confirm her. Mm -hmm. she, she really didn't need to answer these questions. Right. Um, I think a lot of people believe she should have. Right. But... Interesting. Do you think people from both sides feel like she should have? Yeah, actually, I was just Because even if I were supporting her, I'd be like, yeah. I'm not really saying what I want to hear. Right. I was just speaking to one of my colleagues who's working on a different story right now, and she had spoken to a source who lives in Lindsey Graham's state and voted for him. He's the um, chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee and was one of the people that was helping Mitch McConnell sort of push through uh, Justice Barrett's confirmation and this source, the story hasn't been written yet so mm. I can't name any names or anything like that, but um, she was really furious that they had pushed through Justice Barrett's confirmation in this way. Just like for some context, mm -hmm. it she was confirmed eight days before the election. Mm -hmm. Back in 2016 when President Obama nominated Merrick Garland, mm -hmm. his nomination languished for 293 days mm -hmm. before it expired because Obama left office. Yeah. Also, Lindsey Graham, in order to advance Justice Barrett's confirmation to the full Senate floor vote, do you guys, do you want me to explain how this works? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Trump nominated her. Yes. They have to, the Senate Judiciary Committee is responsible for advancing her nomination to a full Senate vote. Okay. So they have to hold these hearings where all the members of the committee get to ask her, ask her questions and all that. And then they need a majority or like a quorum of senators to say, yes, mm -hmm. we we think she's, she's okay. Let's mm -hmm. have the full Senate vote on it. So this vote was scheduled and Democrats were going to boycott the vote because they obviously don't, didn't agree that on the timeline and that this was happening so close to the election. Mm -hmm. So... Um, the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee has a pretty broad ability to change the rules or get around the rules if he wants to. Mm -hmm. So Republicans voted to advance her confirmation to the full Senate without any Democrats present. He essentially broke the rules. And I How think- How could he do that? He's the chair. Because he just can, because it doesn't matter. Yeah. that's like something nice that you do if you're playing nice. Yeah, yeah, he's supposed to. There are a lot of, you know, conservatives in the country who I think have a really deep respect for the country's political system yeah. and the rules. And I think that they're- I like to call them classic, Repu Republican classic, do you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was like actually- Like classic. ones who were involved before yeah. Trump. Yeah, okay. there was yeah. actually uh, um, a gentleman who stood up during um, Joe Biden's town hall. I don't know if you guys remember, but this was right after Trump got COVID, mm -hmm. TBT. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And they were supposed <laughs> to have a debate, but they couldn't do it safely, so then yeah. they just held competing town halls. Right. My colleagues and I split it up. We had half the people watching Trump. We had half the people watching Biden. Mm -hmm. I got to be on Biden duty that oh, night. Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. And then there was a guy that stood up in the audience who identified himself as a Republican and said, 
you know, my father actually worked with the Kennedys and whatever, and it turns out that Joe Biden knew his dad. Mm -hmm. And it was just really interesting to see, like, kind of what you said, like a classic conservative asking, um, like, current Democrat questions and that interaction. I think that there are definitely conservatives who have a deep respect for the rules and I think are upset about this process. I mean, what I don't understand is that, and, you know, we spoke with Emily Gallagher a couple weeks ago, and so she... One of the things that she said that I really loved was that part of being a leader is getting is like grooming the next group of leadership because you know you want a dynamic political system. You want things to grow with the culture and like it can't be dynamic if the people that are in power are stagnant but everything else is changing. And when I hear things like this I'm just like what the shit do you care? You're going to be dead in 10 years. And I'm, I know I sound like yeah. facetious, but it's the truth. Like, why do you people care what somebody that's my age does with my body? Why do you care what the next generation is going to do? You're not going to be here. What does it matter? Like, in terms, aside from, like, the country still being here, and right, and us being Americans together in a political system and loving your neighbor and your community and, like, the greater good of the nation, what the fuck do you care? You're going to be dead. Honestly. <laughs> Is that a crazy question to ask? No, it's true. Like, why are you in I've such a this. why are you in this. such a rush to get this woman up for the next for the rest of her life when like you're 85? How many more months do you have? 24. You've got like the time span of my niece. Like that's on this planet. I mean, I'm I, asking you rhetorical questions. Sorry. Well, I think people <laughs> on the other side of the ideological spectrum would just like you said. You know, Emily Gallagher said, "Okay, well, you have to have." part of being a leader is like setting the next generation up and I think that you know people on the other side of the ideological spectrum think that same way but for them it's about protecting what they what they consider an American way of life or morality here I am like speculating about like you know how conservative things and all that right because that makes perfect sense sense. like you literally just took what I said and flipped it to the other side but just like I guess I just don't understand I, I feel how like anybody could feel like anything should stay the same. Exactly the same, sir. Exactly. I like, feel like that's you know I mean? part of my job is yeah. to just keep an open mind and try to see how, you know, all ideologies and political parties and, you know, see things and what the experiences of different people are and everything like that. And, you know, that's why, like, I, I'm getting off topic, but I take the this, this sort of war on media and these cries of fake news and everything like that pretty personally. Yeah. Because I just have such a deep respect for my for my profession and the people who are in it and mm-hmm. I think the the quality that most defines journalists and reporters and editors and producers and correspondents and you know whatever is just a deep curiosity about life and other people. Totally. Whether or not you agree with what that person says or does like I want to know why you feel that way and what is motivating you to make your political choices what life experiences you've had that have gotten you to this place because I think that then other people can use that information to make their own decisions and policy makers can look at those experiences you know yeah like well, that's how you also have compassion that's called understanding and having compassion for humans is thinking yeah putting yourself in their shoes, Atticus Finching your way through life, right? Like I, I think this was a, a big part of the problem. I, just to be clear, I, I'm, I don't want to blame the media for the, tr- the success that Trump has seen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that there was a large part of the country 
who were white and poorer that didn't see themselves reflected in the quote unquote mainstream media. Yeah. And you know, they were then then they formed this side conversation without the same checks and balances that traditional like journalism has, you know, like Alex Jones, Infowars, these conspiracies, mm -hmm. like a lot of the things that, you know, some of the more hardcore far right Trump supporters really do believe in, mm -hmm. or at least they think they believe in. Right. And mm -hmm. I, not everyone in media agrees with this, and it's kind of, a, it, it's sort of a controversy that's been stirring for a long time, but my main motivation is to bring those people back into a more sane conversation. Yes. So like, yeah. how do we, instead of continuing to alienate them, instead yeah. of continuing to like point fingers and all of that, like how do we, how do I reach out to those people and yes. re-involve them? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. We can't continue separated, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's the thing too. I mean, before things got so crazy, when this guy won, and people were like, how? Like New Yorkers, not people. How did this happen? How? I knew those people who voted for him. I grew up in a place where people felt exactly what you just said, you know? So I know that that was a very real feeling. I mean, them. I get it too. I grew yeah. up, I'm from Northeast Ohio, yeah. which is the most populous part of the state, and it's, it's, it tends to go blue, which mm -hmm. is why Ohio's, you know, a swing state, although it's in question whether it's a swing state anymore. Mm -hmm. um, Ohio's always been super important to presidential elections. But I think there are a lot of New Yorkers and a lot of like the East Coast liberal elites, yeah. as like people like to say, that have never spoken to a Trump voter yeah. or, you know, don't know anyone whose parents are like, or, or you know, were auto workers. Right. Or, yeah. and I think that's part of the problem. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Those kinds of people that you mentioned who voted for Trump, it makes sense yeah. to me why they did. Mm -hmm. Just on the flip side, there's yeah. also tons of like people in the, the middle of America, regardless of their profession, who have like never had a conversation with a Muslim. Yeah, or totally. Or don't know any women who have ever gotten an abortion or admitted to having an abortion. Right. Talk to anyone who wasn't white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. You know, like, so, I mean, like, well, it, goes, it goes both it goes ways. Both 100%. Ways. It goes 100% yeah. both ways. That's the problem. I mean, well, the, there's a huge <laughs> disparity between the people in our country, yes. you know? Like, the fact that there are so many wealthy, wealthy people and then so many poor people. Yes. Like, yeah, of course, these people don't come into contact Yeah. often. Yes. That's a problem in itself, right? So... Yeah, I mean, it's the fear of the unknown is a normal human condition. Staying in that is, to me, abnormal because we have more than the lizard brain, right? Like, the fear of the unknown is your lizard brain keeping you safe. Mm -hmm. But we're so much further evolved than that, so it shouldn't be, that shouldn't be the case anymore. But what happens is, I mean, I hate to break it down to it being this simple because it sounds, offen it sounds that I'm being offensive to people and I don't mean it to be. What I mean is that these people who were who ha weren't heard for so long, when somebody comes and starts saying, yeah, you're right, well, it's their fault. Why wouldn't you listen? Like, why wouldn't you hear that? Yeah. I understand that also. Like, I understand how propaganda works and why propaganda works. And I don't mean to say that in like a um, patronizing way or anything, but if you feel unheard and unseen, that's how people get into cults. Well, too. It's a, I mean, it's the it's same idea. I mean, all humans you know, want, 100% You want to belong. You yes. want to be part yes. of something. Yeah. I totally get it. It's, yeah. 
religions, all of these things make you feel, and listen, when your life feels shitty, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is something that can feel uplifting to you. Totally. So maybe for a lot of those people, Trump is that for them. And they're forgotten. You know? There's a lot of forgotten people. A yes. lot of forgotten people. Yeah. And totally. I mean, I don't know what the answer is, you know? Well, I do, so. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're a descendant of God. God, of course right? not. It's really frustrating. It's hard. It is it's hard because it's like I want to be compassionate, but at the same time, yeah, it's difficult. I it's, always it's... say that I'm shocked I wasn't in a cult at any point in my life. Just like in my early 20s wanting to belong to something. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, it's frustrating to feel so much compassion for somebody who's hated you forever for no reason at all. You know? That to feel like totally, I to feel that I want to understand that is really frustrating. I know because I should be saying go fuck yourself. Like, do you know? All right, here's a perfect example. And I heard, I think I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but there's an excellent Bruce Lee Thirty for Thirty out. I think it's called Be Like Water, or maybe it's just called Like Water. But I loved it because it was it came out right at the beginning of the Black Lives Matter movement, and it was interesting for me to see another culture experience racism in America and talk about their experience in a way I'd never heard ever before, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's this Asian American activist and he was saying, do you know, do you know what it's like to live in a place where you're born and it's the only home that you know, but you're treated as a foreigner and so you want to burn the fucking place down, but you can't because it's your home. So you just stay. And I was like, dude, you too? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else had that feeling. <laughs> and that's how I feel. That's like exactly how I feel. It's like I want to burn this fucking place down, but it's my home. So I really want to go and like hold you. you. Like, better. sir, what yeah. happened? Like, what happened to you to make yeah. you so angry? Like, let's get through this together. I had, so this was right after Charlottesville. And um, I was working on a story about a district in, um, I think it's the largest school district in North Carolina. It's been years since I Wake County, it's been years since I wrote the story, but um, there was a lot of um, racist incidents that were happening in the school and it was creating like this huge division in the community. And I had spoke to this like racial education expert um, at Harvard. I wish I could remember his name because he was incredible. Um, maybe you guys can like add it in as like a footnote at the end of the podcast yeah. or something like that. We'll but he was, um, for, for the purposes of context, he was a black man. Mm -hmm. And we were discussing Charlottesville and racism and all this. And he expressed to me such compassion for all of the people who had shown up to the University of Virginia that day with their tiki torches, chanting all these anti-Semitic remarks and just being racist assholes pretty much. Mm -hmm. uh, just saying like exactly what you said, like what happened to them to make them so angry and to make them feel so frustrated and like they had no choice anymore except to take up a tiki torch and scream these things that they know are not socially acceptable, that they know will alienate them. Like what's going on inside? Mm -hmm. And I got really emotional during that interview because I just, I had never heard somebody that was marginalized and the one being targeted and the one being hurt by that behavior mm -hmm. 
be so curious and open-hearted towards someone else's experiences, especially the ones that were do causing him the pain. Yeah. And it was a really beautiful moment for me. Um, this is something that I don't know if you guys like meditate or are into like that whole spiritual life, but <laughs> um, I listen to 10% Happier. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Dan Harris's podcast. Mm -hmm. He's an ABC news anchor who um, did a lot of cocaine and mm -hmm. had like a breakdown on mm -hmm. national television. You can YouTube it. Mm -hmm. um, he's very open about his experiences. And after that happened, he turned to meditation, but he kind of brands himself as like a fidgety skeptic. I actually think one of his books is called Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics. Like <laughs> He's the same guy amazing. for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's speaking to me right now. He's great. He's like not the typical, like I'm gonna do yoga and drink kombucha guy. He's yeah. like, wait, no. Let me logically dive into this. And I listen to his podcast constantly. And he's actually had this whole election kind of series about like how to stay engaged without losing your mind right now. Mm -hmm. And just repeatedly the guests that he has on his show talk about the way that we're, I'm going to sound so like touchy-feely, but like the way that we're going to get through this as a country is through compassion. Mm -hmm even for people who are do, are causing us, like us the pain, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's so hard and I, I feel like, like I'm listening to myself talk and I'm like, Christina, you, why are you, you have to get yourself out of this. You sound like, no. <laughs> you sound like a crazy hippie. Speaking of cults. Right. Like, <laughs> Guys, Why can't everyone other, you no, know, but it's the but, truth. It's frustrating, yeah. especially when we live in a city that's so dense and so populous and so diverse. And it's like, we do it every fucking day totally. for hundreds of years, you know? And it's not perfect. No, like, we have problems. Like, we want to defund the police. Like, there's racism. As, like, it's not perfect. But we live here in unity. And at the end of the day, we're all New Yorkers. Like, that's one thing I will say. If, like, somebody comes for us, it don't matter if you're blue or red. In this city, you're a fucking New Yorker. Mm -hmm. We're going to link arms and come after mm -hmm. you. And that's the way that this nation should yeah. be. And that's the way this nation used to be. And somebody's fucking it up. And it's like, we can't fall for it. Like, we cannot fall for these tricks. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's really classic populist rhetoric. And it's happening, frankly, all across the world. It really is, yeah. Um, you know, like, strong men uh, taking power in other countries. Like, what's going on in Bolivia right now. Well, oh, girl, sorry to cut you off. But when you're talking about... Pro, like the it came. I was like the reason that they're still going after whoa, 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 Ro? Ro. <laughs> Ro v. Wade. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm gonna start calling it that. That would be a great podcast. Let's let's name. Yes, sometimes it would be. Yes, okay. <laughs> it's because it's a way to control women. Of course, if we can control our birth, look what happened. You know, since the '60s. We've been gaining, steadily gaining speed because it's like, bitch, I don't need these kids. Look how much I can do without them. Yeah. And if you chip, exactly what you're saying, if you chip that away, then it's men being back in power. To me, I'm like, this happened in the 60s. It's the fucking, it's 2020. How the fuck are we still having this conversation? It's men trying to get back and regain that power, man. It's all about power at the end of the day. They're embarrassed. They're embarrassed. They've let too much slide out of their hands. I don't think it's embarrassment. I think they're just sick of it. They're just like, why the fuck is this woman telling yeah. me anything? Why are you talking? Why are you having an opinion? Shut up and go make me a sandwich. I know, we forget like the the idea of women 
staying home and not talking. That yeah. wasn't that long ago that that no. was like the norm That's in this true. country. That's true. Really not that long ago. So it's it, kind of. I had a wild experience the day after uh, RBG died. Mm-hmm. I had just applied for a new credit card, mm-hmm. and I got and I got accepted. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't for her without man. a man co-signing my application. Your father. If it, or your brother. Or a husband. Or a husband. I mean, I, a husband yeah. is a girl. That's my husband. Could you imagine a 30-year-old woman, you have to call your father or your brother to do anything? Excuse me, 29. All right, girl. Well, yet. I am 30. I'm a 34-year-old <laughs> like, woman. I'm not 30 yet. <laughs> T-, T minus six weeks. Ooh. But you're right. RBG, that was only in the 70s. Yeah, it was it, only, it was yeah. not that. I mean, long and ago. similarly, like it wasn't that long ago that Black Americans couldn't vote mm-hmm. or Jim Crow mm-hmm. and were segregated. Like I'm, I mean, maybe because I'm white and I'm not faced with that reality all the time, but it still surprises me when I really think about how close that was in our history. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. Well, and it's funny, and I that mean, people still aren't even okay with the changes that have been made. Well, okay, and so since we're going to since we're kind of veering off into that way, anyway, um, voter suppression. You know, it's funny because today Alex and I were word for best segue goes right. Elizabeth Taylor. Today we were walking to vote early because we had some time in between clients, and I was like, okay, let's go and vote early. It's right up Graham Avenue. We had like two hours, right? And I was like, halfway there, be fine. And I was like, oh my god, I need my ID. And then I was like, wait, I don't need my ID. Because this is New York State, yeah, you do not and you don't ID. need your driver's license, and that's part of voter suppression, mm-hmm. is making people show. And I had, like, my little card that came in the mail. I was like, no, bitch, that says yeah. it right there. Elizabeth Taylor, this yeah. is where you live, this is where you vote. But there are way more sneaky and insidious ways of suppressing votes yes. than voter ID laws. Yes. Um, and I think, like, this year, uh, voting is really under threat in some ways that have been engineered and controlled to accomplish that in some ways just because of where we are with the pandemic Mm -hmm. um like one of the things that i've been thinking about a lot i'm working on a story at work actually about how um women's vote is sort of under threat more so than it's ever been or at least in modern memory because women are disproportionate percentage of essential workers Mm. so you know either being exposed to the virus or not feeling like they can vote safely or whatever, they've taken on a disproportionate amount of child care. Mm -hmm. You can only bring two children under the age of 18 with you in Maryland to vote. Wow. That's insane. Yep. So women who are obviously, if you have more kids than that. Yes. You know, uh, women also lost. Lots of women are leaving the workforce Mm -hmm. right now. And can you blame women, moms? So, like, you can't. Moms and teachers who are moms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Couldn't imagine. You guys are fucking killing it, moms, right now. Like, honestly, thank you for keeping this shit running. Because how... Nobody signed up for this. Nobody signed up to be an ex and a teacher and a mom, like, all at the same time throughout your house. So thank you guys. Sorry to cut you off. But it's, like, insane what parents are going through right now. Also, I want to know if there are rules, laws, whatever it is, about how many polling places per, you know, the population. Because, so... We tried to go vote, but the line was so long that I was like, I don't even know if we'll be able to do this. 
and get back in time in Isn't two that hours. What, is that what gerrymandering is? No, gerrymandering is drawing districts in really ridiculous shapes mm. so that you, uh. there's like political gerrymandering, there's racial gerrymandering. Like oftentimes, like the black community tends to vote Democrat. Mm -hmm. So what like Republicans might try to do when they're redrawing district lines is like draw around a majorly black area of a city mm. so that it doesn't affect the how the, the votes, votes will go wins, in that yeah. area. Right, right, right. Um, Interesting. Even our district is kind of weird. So Vice News did a big investigation. It was a huge data project. We're really proud of it. Uh, and we found out, we got data from every single state, and across the U.S., nearly 21,000 polling stations were eliminated this year. 20,000 polling places were eliminated? 21,000. 21,000. Jeez Louise. So, and it's up a huge percentage from how it has been in the past and I mean at the same time states have obviously increased mail-in voting they're extending early voting I didn't really trust the mail voting process so yeah. I'm planning to vote in person and yeah, I'm, I'm doing it on election day because I don't think the lines will be that long I was actually mm -hmm. thinking that but mm -hmm. by then it might be better I'm just yeah. Wait, yeah. I know well we're not working True Beauty Brooklyn is patriotic enough to close on election day. True. I'm so always working on election day, so I just go at the ass crack of dawn. Smart. Yeah. And, you know, get it done. Yeah. I also heard a lot of, in terms of mailing in ballots, because, like, another way that they're trying to do voter suppression is if there's anything wrong with the way that you, your ballot looks, they're tossing them. Right. In a lot of states. So I if you, like, draw outside of the line or use, like, a wrong, if you don't use a black or a uh, blue pen or if... God, it's like when we used to take Scantron tests. Yes. I'd be so paranoid to go outside the... the I haven't heard circle. about the pens. I mean, it's it really varies state by state. Yeah. But how they verify your signature and, like, deal with voter fraud is they take it and compare it to previous years. So if your signature has changed, yeah. that's a problem. Like, imagine if you had a stroke or something one year, yeah. right? Or yeah. an accident or something. I mean, just maybe try to change up your... Yeah, maybe you're just feeling a little frisky one day. <laughs> during the primary this year, New York threw out, like, a, a much larger percentage mm -hmm. of absentee and mail-in votes than they typically do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've just been yeah. encouraging... I'm relatively young, not yeah. 30 yet. <laughs> Healthy. In my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch just be hating on 30s still. I can't believe <laughs> it. Yeah. It's a bad. It's saggy, but I don't even care. Who cares? Because you're 30. <laughs> I'm actually not freaking out about it that much. It's the best. Look at you. You're killing it. First of all, all right, let me just say yeah. when I first met you, you were 28. And I was like, you're an editor at Vice <laughs> News and you're 20. So I'm a little young. And you're like, yeah, well, you know. And I'm like, so you're just a bad bitch then. Like, <laughs> it's kind of. Come, head, sit down, have a drink. Welcome to the club. Oh, stop. <laughs> you guys have any ideas for how to celebrate a birthday in quarantine? Listeners, can you, like, send in? Can you, like, do you have, like, a, like, a Twitter? Like, can you tweet? Yeah. Like, help me figure out how to celebrate my birthday in um, a state in a right into us. COVID-friendly way. Yeah, yeah tell us. Podcast at Gmail, what yeah. you should do. Honestly. <laughs> I suggest the app House Party because there are actually some fun games <laughs> on there that I played with friends auntie, during it. the lockdown. I just got a second Xbox controller so my oh. boyfriend and I can play together. Oh. You're going to be gaming. So excited. What do I play? Yeah. Um, I love open world RPG games. Oh okay, God. what does that mean? So that's what you're doing for your birthday. Open world RPG. Okay, I think I do know what this I know means. It. So it's not like a... So it's like there's a world in your character and you go in. You get and to the, make choices. Yeah. It's all whatever. So there's actually kind of a cute story about how I got into it's like playing video similar. games. Yeah, sort of. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I love sci-fi fantasy. Like, that's my genre. That makes like, sense. That you, like, do fairies exist? 
Who's to say? <laughs> we'll talk about that on the next episode. Yes, I, I can bring some evidence. I would love it. I come um, from a family. <laughs> I come from a family of nerds. Black nerds. Oh hell yeah! Love sci-fi and fantasy. I'm the black sheep because I'm like y'all. No, thank you so much. So <laughs> your no, parents no, I'm going to bring you. Oh, my parents right? are Trekkies. I'm yes. going to bring you into the. You can try. They've been trying for 34 years. But so, so I uh, lived in Warsaw in Poland for a little while. My old company sent me over there to help them set up a new office. And my coworkers found out that I love fantasy and like love Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So they got this me this so book cute. series called The Witcher. Uh-huh. And it's like Poland's version of Lord of the Rings, basically. Mm-hmm. So obsessed with it, just devoured the whole series. Do you speak Polish? No. Okay. I mean, a little bit. But it was in it was yeah. in English. Yeah, and mm. my um, uh, my family is Ukrainian, so my pronunciation was actually like pretty okay, and mm-hmm. they were all really impressed with that, which I'm also impressed with myself for. I love it. I'm um, thank you. <laughs> they would like tell me how to say things, and I and they would be like, "Oh, that's actually pretty good." Yes. But so they got me this book series as like a going away gift when my time was up and I just devoured the whole series and I wanted more and I realized that the series had been made into like this internationally popular video game also called The Witcher. So I just like went all in. I bought an Xbox, I bought the game. And that's how you got into it. Yep. And now I play Assassin's Creed and was I just your boyfriend her. already into this or no? No, I got him into it during oh quarantine. God, I, oh, I was gonna say this is a great quarantine. Okay, if we yeah. go into lockdown again, I'm getting into this shit. Yep. Really? Do you Why like not? video games? As a kid oh, I used to be obsessed with video games because my older brother was obsessed. My boyfriend so I used loves to video games. Love. But we're PlayStation. Yeah. Xbox and PlayStation, they don't really... No, the, most of the games go to both. Oh, really? We I actually think together? I made a mistake. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think I, think I they may have made a mistake out. getting an Xbox over a PlayStation because I think that Microsoft has, yeah. like, a little bit of a monopoly. I don't really... Yeah. For your birthday, treat yourself. Yeah. Maybe. Xbox 6 is coming out. It's five? your 30th. The 5th? Xbox 5 is coming out. No, not Xbox. PlayStation. PlayStation 5 How is How did we start out. talking about this? I don't know because I don't know. But this is how we do. Yeah, that is how we do. It's Not true. Just on this okay, I know. All right. So we're um, finished with the. Oh, is there anything else then? that you wanted to say, either about voter suppression, about the new Supreme Court? Okay, justice. so yes. Yeah, so what's next with Amy? She's Sis. she's in. She's here. She in. She's in forever. Yeah, uh, she's going to start hearing cases. So I also covered Gorsuch's ascent to the Supreme Court, and like. I don't know, people call me a Gorsuch apologist or whatever, but I I think that he's surprised a lot of people, and especially when it comes to, like, Fourth Amendment rights and searches and seizures, and he's been, like, the deciding vote on a lot of cases Mm -hmm. that people have been surprised about. Um, So... Do you think maybe she'll surprise us? I don't know. It's... I mean, that's part of the problem is, like, we just don't have a very good idea for what her legal, her judicial philosophy is because she didn't, like I said before, she didn't have to answer those questions. Right. I mean, she clerked for Scalia and and she's an originalist, which means that she uh, interprets the law as it was written at that time. I can go either way. That was so long ago. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm not... She sticks very, very narrowly to the law. One case that people were really concerned about was when she was on the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. She heard a case about, this is dark, I'm sorry, about um, a young girl who was raped while she was in either jail or government custody somehow. Perhaps she was an immigrant. I Mm -hmm. wish I had better details. I think she was in prison. I read this. uh, Justice Barrett pretty much said that 
um, the employer of the guard who raped her couldn't be held liable because the sexual assault was not strictly a part of his job description. It doesn't make any, I Does mean, and also that makes the constitution, feel... <laughs> like, you know, what, <sighs> that's scary. I really want to, okay, the, like, I'm trying yeah. to so hard be like, okay, well, this is out of my control and this is, her, she's in this now. Yeah. She's a Supreme Court justice. She's going to be around for many years. Yes. I want to think like maybe she will do things and decide things. Yeah. And yeah, you know what? Someone who is going to follow the law that is your job i mean yeah but, but dude, like the law wasn't written for people who look like me and totally, that's what scares me do you totally. know what i mean like when i it hear things like that many it was many written for it wasn't written by white guys it was written it wasn't written for people who look like any of us that's what i'm saying right. yeah yeah, totally. yeah and that's what's very scary about totally. that so it's, it's like, like because i know that a lot of conservatives that's their whole thing is like she's gonna follow the constitution that's what she's supposed to do and it's like don't you see the flaws here well but that's what i mean that's what they want yeah it's very frustrating. I'm trying to be open-minded, but on at the, the same time, On I'm the like, flip side, though. Tell us about the flip side, girl. Because you Make know I will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think some people are uncomfortable with the idea of the Constitution exists to give us a framework in which to judge our laws and our conduct by. Mm -hmm. If justices or, you know, lawmakers start making decisions based upon the times or their own morality. Yeah. Like that is I think equally as dangerous. Totally. And that's why it's very like which do you it's like I once heard this episode of The Moth and essentially it was this the moral of the story is that some of us are closer to being sociopaths than we are to being like quote unquote regular humans, but some of us you want to be closer to being sociopaths because you want them to be able to disconnect from humanity. So like yeah. your surgeon, you don't want your surgeon thinking like, oh my God, I hope that I make this girl like lives after this heart surgery and that I do a good job. No, I don't want you thinking of me as a human. I want you to in there, yeah. like fix my heart, get out. Lawyers and justices, some could argue is the same. You don't necessarily want them to have that same human instinct, but then sometimes you do. I took the hair checklist Ugh. once. I read a book. Um, called The Sociopath, or The Psychopath Test. Oh. Mm -hmm. Very good book. Mm -hmm. Easy read. Yeah. <laughs> Shockingly um, easy read. Yeah. To be a sociopath. But it was that. about how just, like, most people are, like, score higher than you think on The Sociopath mm -hmm. Test. Mm -hmm. Isn't it like if you yawn and someone in the room with you looking at you doesn't yawn, <laughs> then it's possible they're a sociopath? That's a third grade heard that one. I've heard that, too, but that was, I heard, I've like... I've yawned on the subway pre-COVID. Yeah. And, like, you know, you see other people yawn, and then I'm like, that dude... <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I thought you read it in the back of like a mad magazine once and you're like, Definitely. oh, it's a fact. Reader's no, Digest. No, like why Reader's magazine? Like at the dentist. Yeah, Reader's Digest. Hi I was a fan of Highlights. Yes! Highlights! I was once a model in Highlights magazine when I was just a young kid. Oh, it's true. Fun fact. Printed right there in home. You were a model and didn't even tell me. Girl, I'll show you sometime. For your awkward phase again? It's true and it was for the Halloween issue. Look at that! And oh, congrats! Anniversary! <laughs> You said you have a good, um, I, I didn't know them, but yes, older but now. do you want to tell us more of the white people things that you're embarrassed by? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
This might be a particular brand of white people things, which is Midwestern white people Perfect. things. Perfect. But the I mean, whitest. more. I've never, like, yeah, I don't know anything so about So I would like to, I need, I need to like preface this a little bit. Okay. So my mother is one of the best chefs you will ever come across. She's she Romanian? Make, she cook a, does she she's cook Ukrainian. a Ukrainian? Ukrainian. Are both of your parents Ukrainian? Make, no, okay. just my mother. Um, my dad's just like a European mutt. She can make anything. She like what I'm one of her famous recipes is French raspberry tart. She makes sushi. French raspberry tart. Yeah, she delicious. She's, she makes sushi. Yeah, she's self-taught. She incredible. owned a restaurant for a little no while. No way. Mm. She's passed it down to me. Love I it. love to cook. I would like to think that I have an extremely advanced palate. Oh my goodness! My Why whole, haven't we eaten together? My whole we should. Mm -hmm. My whole family loves to fish. I pretty much grew up on a beach, like catching fresh seafood, and then my mom, like we would like clean it, and you know, my mom would make bouillabaisse, and basically, you cleaned fish. I like yeah. Crabs too. Do you Just stick a little butter knife under there, pop up the back, rinse it out. Well, I'm shocked. Like, all these bites I'm very no, I'm impressed by this. I like the water and the beach and stuff. Yeah. No, I actually never ate seafood till I was older. I needed it as a kid. My point is that I feel extremely qualified to make this rather controversial statement. Oh, tell us. Red Lobster has good seafood. I've never been to Red Lobster. First of all. I actually think I now know how to celebrate my 30th birthday. <laughs> there is one in Queens, isn't there? Really there's also one in Times Square. Oh, my yes, God. There's one in, that was a good okay. time to go to Times Square. I'm going to ask my boyfriend to take me to the Red Lobster in Times Square for my yes, 30th birthday. Like, and he's going to be like, you're not the woman I fell in love with. I <laughs> love We live in North Brooklyn. There are so many restaurants. You're like, no, honey. Red Lobster has good Red seafood. Lobster. I love that that was your secret to share with us. Yeah, my Midwestern white people shame. Yes. I've never been to a Red Lobster personally. Same. But. You, okay, can I tell you what to order if you go? Yeah. So, I heard the Cheddar Big Biscuits are delicious. Yes. Also. That's what I heard. Also the Boardwalk Popcorn Shrimp. Boardwalk Popcorn The breaded orange Ruffy is really good. What's an orange Ruffy? It's a fish. Oh. It's a white fish. Oh. Like a flaky white fish. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think they make good drinks too. Although that really depends on the bartender. <laughs> but. <laughs> my, one of my. Best. One of my good friends at work, so she has so this, you know how you do icebreakers and like ask people what their fun facts are or whatever? Yeah. Her thing is she asks new people that she meets if you could do a, an infomercial for free yes. for anything, like what would your infomercial I be? I love this question. Maybe you guys should put it on your podcast. I love infomercials. You would have to meet. I love a jingle. You would have to meet my friend Carter and like get her I know. I can't anyway. steal it from yeah. her. That's no, genius. Totally. It's her genius idea. Carter, girl. Great idea. <laughs> Okay, so what's yours? Is it obviously Red Lobster? I mean, one of them would be Red Lobster. How um, would it go? I think you guys just heard it. Okay, fair. I would just lay out why I'm extremely qualified <laughs> to Sorry. tell you why. Honestly, that's a great fucking information. That is a great information. I'm already kind of like... Already, like, when do we go to Red Lobster? Lobster? Yeah. Next also, Tuesday, my boyfriend... Do you guys want to yes. go to Red Lobster I would love together? to. I would yeah. love it. No, my boyfriend would have told to me that... Garden either. Oh, that's you know. No, all garden trash. Yeah, it is. I think it's the same. I think it's actually the same. Or Hooters. I really want to go to Hooters. Hooters has good wings. I didn't hear about that about wings. I'm more offended by the the shiny tights at Hooters than anything else. Yeah. Not the tits. Nothing. I'm just like, but those tights. Fucking tights. I think I love to go to Red Lobster. My boyfriend went there for his birthday every year when he was a kid, and he didn't realize until he was 
older that it was a chain. He thought that it was like just his town's like local. Oh, that's that's so adorable. Yeah, isn't that super cute? That's adorable. So that's how you know Red Lobster is good. You're not wrong. You weren't the only kid that just loved it. Yeah. Okay. okay, so that was your milk well, with your dinner, which I liked that you just literally shared something about white people with yeah. us. I'll take that. <laughs> um, wait, yes. I have a, a really easy, it's not even that great, but just something that I thought about the other day of I didn't know then, but I'm older now. I was thinking about it the other day when I was a kid, I assumed for whatever reason that all dogs were boys and all cats were girls really? for a very long time. That's really And then I don't cute. know when in my life I learned, like, girl, that's not, like, a possible. When you took biology? Maybe, like, third and third grade. <laughs> like, and you thought, wait, wait, flowers also are boys and girls? Oh, I get what this is, okay. But isn't that, I wonder if anyone I'm else sorry. felt that way. Did anyone else feel that <laughs> way? You are just like, oh, I get this yeah. segment. <laughs> I'm here for this. Did you I ever think of that? I knew about genders. So, <laughs> Wait, I think the one that I'm thinking of fits in well with this because yes. mine is about where I thought babies came from. Fits in well with genders? What yes. she's talking about? Okay, throw it at us, girl. Remember Anne Geddes? Yes. No. I okay, okay, I think no, this is enough. I think this might be like another white people thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. She cuz I honestly never I never saw her photograph okay. a baby of color, unfortunately. Okay. So maybe the Anne Geddes, if you out there <laughs> You Get have some, some explaining <laughs> to do. She would photograph infants in like flowers or flower yes. pots or whatever. Yes. So I thought when I was younger that babies grew out of women's belly buttons mm-hmm. as like a flower and then the petals opened. <laughs> and then that's where the baby was. That's so You're so much cute. smarter. Like as a kid, I saw those photos and was just like these are photos. I never thought that deeply. And it's kind of adorable. I don't know that if that's that smarter or just no, I like. I know. Which is smarter? You were too busy wondering why no dog, like, didn't even know. You didn't know I about didn't, genders. And even wonder. I was just yeah. like, that's a girl and that's a boy always. That's not that dumb. I think. Right? I think it kind of makes I mean, sense. I mean, honestly, I kind of I this is, I'm going to make myself great, but I, I kind of think that this is ingrained misogyny. That's what I kind of feel like, <laughs> yeah. too. Because That's what I'm thinking there's, like, the crazy sense. cat lady. Yes. And then there's, like, the cool surfer guy with and all the dogs. And dogs like puppies. Totally. Yeah. puppies. Yeah. It makes, that's what I'm saying. Totally. Dude, this makes perfect sense. You're not yeah. wrong. Also, but I wonder what... An umbilical cord could be a flower stem. It's kind of adorable. Thank You're not you. so I wrong either. That. Thank you. But so, also... <laughs> Did I, back did I, Alex, back did I to me. do it right? You did it right, okay. girl. I like So, great. wait. I didn't know then. How long ago did you find this out? <laughs> <laughs> it must have blown your fucking mind. I can't remember where I, when I learned yeah. where babies come from. Yeah. It's all right. I assume it wasn't last year. You're not to even I mean, 30 yet, girl. You got time. Good old abstinence-only Midwestern education. It probably was much later than you would think. Right. I love it. Their teachers were like, yes, that is where they come from. You're right. You were going to say one. I've got a great one. Oh, yeah. She's just like, I got a great one. It's not really an, I didn't know then, but I'm older now. It's more so a cultural observation Mm -hmm. that we're going to spin into a little combination of the two, I I think. Okay. You see? Okay. Mm -hmm. So 
Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So I, you're stroking. I'm stroking it because I want to say this in the most intelligent way that I can because it's kind of dumb, but it's not really. Okay. So RBG was a really fucking smart bitch. If you guys don't know, you should definitely go and watch a couple of her interviews or there's some documentaries. She just did so, so much for us as a country, but especially us as women. It's incredible. But one of the things that I heard her say once in an interview was, the interview asked her, well, they said, you know, throughout your career, you've had so many incredible landmark decisions, and you've done so much to push the culture forward, and you must be so proud of yourself for what you were able, the legacy that you were able to leave. And she said, you know, the pendulum of change always swings both ways. And that was such an incredible answer to me because of what the next thing I'm going to say is, which Kobe Bryant famously, when he won the Western Conference Championship, so right before they went to the NBA Finals, they, it was the last game everybody was celebrating, and he was just very solemn when he was answering questions from the media, and they said, aren't you, like, why aren't you excited? You just won the Western Conference title, like, this is so great. And he said, the job's not done. I didn't come here to win the Western Conference title. I came here to win the NBA championship. I've got nothing to celebrate. The job's not done. Mm -hmm. Which essentially is what RBG said also. Mm. Pendulum of change always swings both ways. Job's like not that. done. And so two great people that we lost this That's year. That's a really good way to end the... Do you know? I know. Yeah, two great people that we lost this year. Two really great minds. Two great leaders. Yeah. Totally. Really both said the same thing in two different ways, which I love, which is love job's that. not done. It's a lot of work to do, guys. For fucking real. <laughs> For real. I love that. I want right? Do you see that's how I <laughs> stroke my beard? You saw me stroking my beard because I've been thinking of this for quite some time. <laughs> do you know? Because my boyfriend's been saying this to me a lot lately because, you know, I'm always, we've got a lot that's going on. I'm like, honey, let's celebrate. And he was yeah. like, job's not done. You've got mm -hmm. nothing to celebrate now. Yeah. You guys are in the middle. Thanks for keeping us you know? headed. Exactly. So, guys, <laughs> in the words of RBG and in the words of Kobe Bryant, job's not done. We got a ways to go. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that. We had a lot of fun, but in all seriousness, I learned so much from Christina. She is so smart. Super smart. And it's just crazy how much there is to always learn. And yes. also so crazy how I didn't pay attention to really important shit in high school. And uh, I wish... <laughs> That I had. I mean, it's real. It's relative. Like, what do you know about life? You just know you have no concept of life, or how to, any of that affects you, or you how know? any of it and, affects you, and like why you should care, do, and yeah. like half these rights that are, don't even belong to you at sixteen. So you're just like, whatever, right? But I hope that all of you were able to learn a lot. Also, um, if you have any comments or questions about anything we talked about, please, please email us. Yes, at truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail .com. Yes. Check us out on Instagram at True Beauty Brooklyn or at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. What was one of your takeaways from this episode? To try to stay a little calmer. <laughs> I feel like I get so worked up about everything. It's very hard not to. Yes. Yeah. But I need to learn that it's going to be okay, I think. I think so. <laughs> I hope. But that's like a general takeaway. What yes. about you? Uh, a general takeaway, I think, is just to keep listening, to keep an open heart, and 
man, we just really need to listen to one another, which is hard when people are yelling at you, and it's hard when you want to yell back and you don't understand each other, but that's how we got here, is just a lack of understanding, and the only way we're going to get through this is by talking. Yeah. Also, I just want to say good luck to everyone who are who's going to see their families on Thanksgiving. Oh. If any of you have families with opposing political views, yeah. my thoughts are with you. Yeah, dudes. I'm not even sure how you guys are going to do it. It's, woo, I don't wish to be You got this. You. you got it. You got it. You guys got this. You're just going to go and be smart. You're going to take notes. You're going to go in with like the quick ones. You're so much better than me. I'm like, just go and get wasted. No, and just don't. don't say anything. You're going to get your Candace <laughs> Owens shields up. You're going to be like, no, no, we're not talking about that. <laughs> And will you lead the charge to unity, right? We'll pull in Michelle Obama. When they go low, we go high. God, that sounds awful. I want to punch people in the face, but we're not going to do that. No. No. We're going to go high. So let's go get <laughs> high. Right? Yeah. 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 Go with that. All right, dudes. We love you. We'll see you, we'll next, see time. you next time. Go vote. Yes, definitely go vote. Stand in line. It's going to, we're all doing it. Just yeah, it, just maybe have a good podcast, like True Beauty Brooklyn podcast playing while you're waiting in line. Totally, yeah. There's some back the episodes, you know? That'll give you like a good yeah. five hours. You can do it. And if you've listened to all of our episodes, may I suggest The Gateway? <laughs> it's quite good if you like cult stuff. Anyway, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.